I know what you're thinking. What 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 gives? Well, I, I, it's hard to really count this as a Halloween episode this week. Yeah, I know. I think we, we thought it would be, kind of would be. Right. I guess like two picks would be. But um, I th- thought you know next week we're closing out our Halloween coverage with our uh, we will before Halloween we're gonna record early next week, Squeezer. Yes. So we get it done before Halloween. So on Halloween proper, uh, we are dropping our Halloween episode, a final Halloween episode of the season. It's going to be our grab bag trick or treat. Um, And uh, we're going to just talk a little bit about anything retro Halloween that we have yet to cover. And this week we kind of wondered if we should, this was on our planned schedule, and we kind of wondered if we should... Uh, what's the plan? Call a uh, audible. Audible. Well, and... this was pushed back to begin with. Like it was, this was supposed to go on. The... Supposed to go on the what? I got lost all together. You there? Oh, I'm here. Whoa! You just had a horrible glitch out. Oh. Man, you just glitched out like crazy. I just lost until you said I'm here. Oh, um, well, I am. On, uh, let me. I checked for updates. Yeah, I did too. Huh. Hmm. Weird. Glitch out, people. We'll just consider that Halloween being yeah. pissed that we're not doing a, a full yes. Halloween episode this, this week. This episode is haunted. Ooh. Yeah, so we won't even cut it out. We'll just leave that little... This is a very meta episode of the Radgers podcast. Era in there. Um, anyway, we're talking... Uh, this episode's called Tim Curry is Horrifying. <laughs> we're talking Tim Curry. But before yeah. that, uh, let's catch everyone up on our week uh, so far. So since we released the episode, uh, what are we doing? Do nothing but work, pretty much. Yeah, you know what I was thinking about that? Like... I have absolutely nothing of substance to say. Uh, today, I was able to go to the... I had to stop. We were working in uh, Whitehall, you and I. And uh, that's, yes. that's where our malls alma are. Alma mater. <clears throat> Your alma mater. We were uh, doing a Halloween parade. And uh, it lasted, what, 30 minutes? Under. Uh, 30 minutes and, and one 25 second. frames. Once It was one second officially. Because I took too long to get out. Officially, I, 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 I'll say we're, it was still 30 seconds. So, well, one second, 30 frames, you're saying? Yes, it was, well, it was 25, so it's not a full. Not a full second. We weren't there yet, so it's still 30 seconds. By the time it was full black, it was one second. 30 minutes, one second. We can fix that. Yeah. And so it was a quick, a quick, uh, but we had a good time when when all the idiots are together. We uh, have fun. Yeah. And, uh, it's we not st- a real job. No, we stopped by the mall, and well, I stopped by the mall because I wanted to check on something for Enchantress at Hot Topic. They had these mm-hmm. Overlook Hotel slippers she wanted, and they're adorable. Oh, so. nice! 
They had the pattern of the carpet in the Overlook Hotel from Stanley Kubrick's uh, The Shining. And while there, I noticed they're ready for Santa Claus. Really? Like the actual, like... Yeah. Like it is foyer. So uh, the whole setup, the whole facade, the whole mm-hmm. deal for Santa Claus is up. The tree is up. All Seriously? the de- yeah, the tree is up. All the decorations. It is tomorrow marks two months till Christmas, and they are fully prepared oh, for shit. it. Halloween Adventure is still up. Yeah, well, Halloween Adventure makes its most money like the day before Halloween, so they are not nah. closing down. <laughs> Well, what I'm saying is just wait wait until November. Well, the mall doesn't really do anything Halloween-related, I guess, so they don't care. Yeah, but to be fair, uh, like July 31st, they start putting Halloween candy at Sheets. That is true. So at least, you know, that's three months. This is two months. And, you know, Christmas candy has been replaced. Like the, the pumpkins, Reese's pumpkins have been, been replaced by the Reese's trees. Uh, it's pretty much the same shape. <laughs> yeah. I think they even leave the same die on and just repa- just packaging them differently. Uh, so uh, Christmas candies is starting to pop out. Christmas crunch is starting to appear on shelves, replacing Halloween crunch. Uh, that's the true passing of the guard. The the Halloween Oreos are being replaced by holiday Oreos. The, that's the red cream with the winter uh, themed cookies instead of the orange cream with the Halloween themed cookies. Uh, peppermint. Is starting to peppermint and marshmallow is starting to overtake uh, mm. uh, apple cider and pumpkin as the flavors, and that means it's, that's the changing of the guard, squeezer, if you will. That is tragic. I mean, a- apple and pumpkin carry through well in through Thanksgiving, though. Yeah, but but Thanksgiving is is just a, a fleeting month away. <laughs> uh yeah. Actually, it's less than that. No, it's the twenty eighth, buddy. Well, that's more than that. <laughs> it's still that's it, it's a little late this year. Oh boy, you would know if you were working. I have that date in my head. Uh, yeah, no, I like to sleep. Uh, uh it's it's um th- this year might be the best year ever. I know. I'm kind of jealous. You're all getting turkey bowls. Yeah, we're getting a Wawa gobbler turkey bowls. Well, it's it's basically um. All right, so take a mixing bowl and then find a way to pack as many carbohydrates into it as possible. It is let me let me be fair. It's not as dense as a KFC famous bowl. That thing they give it to you and it's like a br- it's handing over a brick in a bag. It's pretty dense though. So it's your base you could choose between mashed potatoes, a stuffing. Yes. Um, now this year they added mac and cheese as a base, so you could do like half mash, half mac. That's what I mean. That's what I do on Tuesdays. <laughs> yeah. And they added um, they added sweet potatoes. I don't know who in their right mind would want that, but it's on there. And uh, then yeah, you... God, just all that was there like niacin or something. I don't know something good for you in those. Yeah, no one wants that. It just defeats the purpose. And You're then... at a gas station, folks. And then they smother it in this delicious, delicious gravy and these hot mm-hmm. chunks of like it's like it's basically thick lunch meat turkey. Yes, well, it it is what they that they use in the gobbler sandwiches. Right, so it's it's basically turkey yeah. floating in this delicious. delicious what if gravy. you could get that, but add the KFC gravy? That w- oh, it would be even better. But I do, I, the KFC gravy is unstoppable. It's mm-hmm. delicious. But I do love 
the wawa. No, it, it stops. It coagulates in your arteries. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the the wawa gravy is delicious, and every time I get a gobbler bowl, I kind of want to be like, "Can I get extra gravy?" But I have I, sh- I have shame. There. So yeah, I'm getting all the the gang, the, the whole crew, uh, their own custom gobbler bowl. I talked to Wawa. We're picking them up that morning. So nothing like eating a hot gobbler turkey bowl at 9:30 in the morning. And then and we, then have to work. Yeah, then we're working. Um, we're doing a 10:30 kickoff. Well, 10 a.m. or 10:30 kickoff. I think it's 10:30 of the Easton Phillipsburg football game, which is the oldest high school rivalry in the planet. It's been aired on ESPN. You might have seen it. Uh, Peyton and Eli came and did uh, the, a replay of the game. They ended in a tie, and they each coached a team. So there's some uh, nori- uh, national nori- notoriety. Notoriety, I should say, I should say to this game. Uh, so after that, uh, we pack up, we go home, and then uh, you know it's Thanksgiving. And my old, tra- my old tradition of watching, we one year it was snowed out, and I stayed home, and I ate Elio's pizza, drank beer, and watched uh, Ninja Turtles on Netflix, the original movie. Yes. And I was, was very jealous of you. Yeah, that was great. Um, that was the one that was snow out year. The one of the years I didn't work, but normally. I always work this game. This year, a certain like angry, angry asshole <laughs> will not be there. Uh, nope. And I, I am fully in charge, and I will not be screaming at anybody. So it uh, will go off without a hitch. Well, I'll be watching. Right, thank you. Uh, oh, yeah, it's on FMZ. You can watch. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's my Thanksgiving, but Leading up to it, uh, they're ready for Christmas. I, they, they started like, so, so the way Target works is they don't put a single Halloween thing out until they completely like disintegrate back to school because they got to get all their money out of that. Mm-hmm. But they'll start staging ha- Christmas stuff like in the first week of Halloween and just like an attack on a castle, a stronghold. The Christmas stuff starts like encroaching on the territory and you'll blink and bam, Christmas. It's Christmas. It's at Target. a good move, and that's when it's Christmas, in my opinion. When when it's Christmas at Target, that's when it's Christmas. Now, full Christmas or like, because it they kind of do. It's a smart move. It's like a double envelopment. They start in the back corners, and then they slowly kind of it kind of just pours out and wraps around. And that's what I just like said. A, yeah. Well, yes, but I'm comparing <laughs> it to the Battle of Kani. Well, yeah, I just said that. They start staging it around it, and then they start, yes. you know, moving in and pushing it out. Yes, and I'm sure there are some Target employees that want to bury their heads in the dirt and suffocate themselves rather than wait their fate to Christmas. <laughs> so, as I think the first day after Halloween, uh, mm-hmm. after the carcass has been picked clean on Halloween proper... Mm-hmm. And all the last pieces of costumes are sold the plastic off. blow molded carcass. Yeah. They'll move all that candy into the 75% off section. That's when I swoop in. Mm-hmm. And then it'll be full Christmas. It'll, the, the battle's over. Christmas won, and it's now your lord and master. Buy an inflatable Santa for your yard now. Buy a narwhal with a Santa hat on that lights up and sparkles. Okay. <laughs> You didn't. You didn't have to tell me to do that, but I, now that you put that in my head, did they? They sell those? Yes. Uh. Narwhal. How do you spell narwhal? N a r w h a l. Narwhal. Target. Christmas. Hat. Sparkles. 
I think you're. I'm not a good Googler. Nope, I am. Look at that. I want you that. Found it. Nargal target Christmas. Yep, that's, that's him. That's adorable. It's got a little scarf. Yeah, he's got a scarf. Yeah, he's happy. Aww. Yeah. We wanted him last year, but he was sold out. And like he Aww. sold out quick. And once he sells out, he just never comes back. Nah, see, I can't get this because my kid only has two eyes and this has got a horn. So <laughs> I don't know if this is a serious story or not, but I found a webpage that says the biblical story of Jesus and the Christmas Narwhal. <laughs> Okay, so maybe there is no biblical story of Jesus in the Christmas <laughs> narwhal, but there should be based on the target. Oh, I think this is local. It says, the story goes, it all started out one night in Bethlehem. Actually, it started out one night in Target. Oh, maybe they're just making a, a joke about. Well, Bethlehem, just it's not our Bethlehem. There's one that's halfway around the world. Yeah. Remember? Right, but until I was like 13, I thought Jesus was born in the city next to Allentown. <laughs> he got his name off some guy's neck tattoo in Allentown. <laughs> you know, I figured it out as I got older. I figured it out on my own. I figured it out yeah. before I was able to embarrass my entire family. Before? Yeah. Well, like, what what games are we covering tomorrow, Squeezer, for football? Who is Easton uh, playing tomorrow? I don't know. <laughs> Nazareth. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and I know, and I'm not going. And on Saturday, I'll be at the, shop the is, match of Bethlehem Liberty versus Bethlehem Freedom. Yeah. Did, did Mrs. Squeezer get to you not to send me up there? Because that's where I buy my cheese. Oh, no. no one of I, the places I, I buy my cheese. Can never, that's, yeah, one of the... Your sh- I break even on those days. Uh, we, we, have e- we have Egypt. What else do we have that's biblical? Uh, uh, let me... There are, there are more. Yeah. Biblical towns in Pennsylvania. Uh, so, biblical names. Oh, Bethel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Bethlehem. Damascus and Wayne County. Ephrata. Uh, we have uh, Lebanon, of course. Oh, yeah, bologna. Delicious. Mount Carmel. New Salem. Oh, we have a Zion. Oh yeah, I oh yeah, it's a good call. I drive through that every day. Um, we have a new one, yeah. So you know, of course, of course, we have uh, Nazareth and Bethlehem. Yeah, and they market the shit out of it. Yeah, the Christmas city they call it. Uh, so, we of course uh, live outside of Allentown, which is named after uh, William Allen. For all you history buffs out there, I don't know what he did, but um... he lived here. And then they call. If you're the first person to live here, you got the most money when you live here. Like, like roughly 150 like, to 200 years ago, they just named the place after you. Like William, Penn. if your name's William and you have a cool last name, they'll name it. Like the Pennsylvania is named after William Penn. Yeah. Penn well, Woods. Penn's Woods. <laughs> you know he he got them fair and square. I like the town that's next to, my, like, right across the street from me, Makunji. 
Mm-hmm. It means bear swamp. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. There's no more bears or swamps, but no, no, they're all we we we've destroyed. Made sure them. <laughs> we got rid of the bears, and then we filled in all the all the swamps we, with. Uh, we drained the swamp. That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get rid of those evil crooked bears and drain the swamps. Donald is going to Makunji. He is anti-bear. I, uh, Malia, Sasha, uh, the girls, uh, we are pro-bear in my administration. <laughs> that could do I need the... to start? Do I need to start a no more bears chant? <laughs> We're here. We're queer. We don't want any more bears. <laughs> yeah, that works. Um... I can wrestle a bear. I'm under the giant. I'm the size of two bears. I wrestle two in tag team handicap match. I was wondering how we were going to stretch this thing out to not get to our topic in a reasonable period of time. Yeah. I, and then we managed to do it. If there's a will, Squeezer, there's a way. And I always have the will. We are talking about uh, nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what better way... What better way to start a Rad Years podcast than talking about nonsense? And then, you like, I, I was told a few weeks ago that uh, this people, some certain people, no one's told me they mm-hmm. hated them, but certain people have told me that I, they really found my impressions endearing and funny. And um, Yeah, I, I heard that too. I, and they just got a kick out of them. And uh, no one said anything about my Jim, I was poor Jim Cornette last week doing the Monster Mash. Um, I'll go back and listen. Should I kick off the holidays? What what could I do for Jim Cornette? Mm. Christmas song. What about? Well, uh, it's not no, not yet. November first. Well, no, That's I'm, my I'm, role. I'm doing it to get you in, <laughs> enthused. What about Grandma Got Ran Over by a Reindeer? I hate that goddamn song. Grandma got ran over by a fucking reindeer. Going to the fucking Wendy's, get a double cheese, double onion, double cheese, motherfucker. That's All bad. right, I'll 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 allow it. <laughs> that's about i'm too um too too high pitched it's more like motherfucker is not nah, mother motherfucker Ugh, i can't get it i have to listen to bruce i have to go find they have a sound like a bruce pritchard soundboard mm-hmm. i'll just go and play all the cornet pieces and my I, my desperately want to do is mcmahon he's like hey pal he's and if i can only do that you're fired fired Sounds like it hurts. No, no, it's fun. But I'd, I'd really like to do is, well, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, classic, classic stuff. What's our topic? Uh, Tim Curry. Yeah, we're talking Tim. Uh, the Tim Curry show. The whole episode is about how Tim Curry is horrifying. And awesome. Well, the, the, the whole concept came from that. I think we talked about him once on one episode. And this is when Mrs. Squeezer still listened to the show because she didn't. She's a good mother and doesn't want her our daughters to hear what I say. So since then, she hasn't listened to the show nearly as much. Um, but we did a episode and we brought up Tim Curry and talked about him for a bit, and she had to turn it off because she is so terrified by him um, that she couldn't even like. She's mortified by clowns. Right, and, and that's and uh, I, in my first pick, I will explain that that mortification. Yes. 
But is she not going to listen to this episode then? No, 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 no. She, I guarantee you she would not. But that's where the, it was almost like as a goof, like, all right, well, if you're not going to listen to that, we'll just make a whole episode about it. And I also think it's absolutely deserving. Um, There's a number of We doubled down, too. There was a point, again, where I was like, "Ah, can we really justify this as a Halloween episode? Do you want to do something else? And I didn't want to jump the gun with our final Halloween episode. And then I was sitting there and like, you want to do something else? I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do Tim Curry. I could fill an hour in Tim Curry easily. Oh, easily. Like, and then as... I, I spent hours just watching more additional Tim Curry, just refreshing. And it's just. I just spoke 20. I... We just talked 20 minutes, Squeezer. And <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we talked about. Did some bad impressions. I attempted cornet, which I'm just kind of pissed that I just can't get right. I, I, there was a point where I was just doing it left and right, uh, but now I don't know. Mm. I got an impression for the show, a Tim Curry impression that I'll be doing a little later. Really? Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah. Well, now you you shouldn't have said that. Now you're in my head. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. But I well, he's in my head. So. Yeah. That's... Um, so yeah, this is like our first real like tribute show to an individual. Yeah, we never ex- we never uh, like dedicated a show entirely to one person before. Yeah, uh, we could talk a little bit about Tim Curry. I don't know. Did you are you going to mention his theater background? Uh, roughly. Um, I mean that's where he he got his start, and I that's where his heart. You know, I you truly you're looking at his. Uh, his emotive face you could yes, tell he was and a his, committed but just stage his movie actor. work his most popular most like lasting roles for the most part are yeah it's a movie but it could have easily been a play or was a play you know and even up until through the 2000s you know he was in spam a lot um yeah he was but his big one was Amadeus where he's opposite of Ian McKellen, and that's where he got his Tony nomination. Mm-hmm. And um, Pirates Penzance. Um, but Tony, uh, Ian McKellen won. Yeah. But they're best friends. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, great. He loves you know. You, you could tell when he's in a, in a role and he gets a musical number that he kind of he runs with it and makes the best of it. I'll get into that. some of my later picks too. Uh, you, this was a guy that truly, you could tell, like he was into it. Like he loved to act. He loved performing. Uh, and yeah, I, I think everything, there's some <laughs> clips that I just, and some things I couldn't even pull because he doesn't say anything. It's just that grin or that, that look just. Well, they, they call him the Cheshire Cat. That's his nickname. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Without question. And he's from the hometown of Cheshire, so. It has... Oh, crap. Yeah. That's clever. I know. <laughs> but uh, he also, uh, currently, he isn't working. He kind of had to step away from the business. He had a stroke and lost um, the use of his legs. He's, he's wheelchair-bound, but he still does yeah. appearances. Yeah, appearances, uh, still doing some voiceover work. Yeah, some voiceover um, work. Yeah, it was back in 2012, and I, it was pretty serious, but he's, yeah. um, from what I can dis- decipher, because he's stayed somewhat 
he's out there, but it's also not a big, um, I don't know, I guess TMZ's not, you know, shoving their cameras, you know. Rightfully so. They're respecting the face. poor man's Well, I, I don't, I think they're just, yeah. he, he doesn't have his ass cheeks hanging out. So yeah, he's not, not a Kardashian, a so. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, you know what? Sometimes yeah, I think he has high spirits about it, and he's you know recovering uh, as best he can. And so, you know, sometimes all right, it's quick offshoot. Sometimes I think now that you mention that go. the Kardashians mm -hmm. do serve a purpose. Mm -hmm. They're like a lightning rod. You know what? Yeah, they draw all that attention away from everybody else. So everyone, all that media, all that. So there's so much that I, I just. You know, I don't hate the Kardashians because I know nothing about them. Because you can just avoid; it's so easy I, to avoid all of that stuff. I do, yeah, and that's great. So then, like all that, like horrible media is focused on the Kardashians, and they're mm -hmm. just leaving you know plain old actors and and famous people alone. Pretty yeah, much. they can live somewhat normal lives because really, being an actor is no different than any other job, other than. You don't have to actually work. Yeah, like they attack Paul Rudd outside of uh, a rest famous restaurant in L.A. And he's like, oh, no, I've had a bad day. Oh, my God, look at that moon. And then a photographer's like, that's no moon. It's a Kardashian's ass walking to a car. <laughs> <laughs> and they all just run and chase it. Yeah, that's what sucks. Yeah, you have one bad day and you're an asshole. Yeah, right, right. Up. Oh, speaking of Paul Rudd, he's been doing the circuit for his show, um, Living With Yourself, mm -hmm. the new Netflix show, which I've seen the first, I think, three or four episodes, and it's infinitely charming. I'm loving You are it. in love. Oh, God, he's so good. And it's it's starring him in two roles. He plays opposite himself. So, I already love it. He was on Howard Stern the other day, and... Um, while I've been tuning in religiously this week because of the Brent swinging in LA stuff, uh, which is just priceless radio, I was also really happy that Paul Rudd was on. Great interview. Uh, and um, what else was out there that I wanted to share? Oh, American Horror Story 1984. We're a little deeper into it. And I know some people are bitching about it online like, this is the worst season ever. Someone was like, just go back and rewatch Coven. Uh, no, I'm enjoying this. It's uh, it's a, it's based on like 80 slasher movies. Oh, cool. Yeah, it's really good. Would I like it? No. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I like slasher movies. Mm, what's your favorite it... slasher movie? Jason Takes Manhattan. Well, Jason Takes Manhattan is pretty gruesome. That's one of the most... It's gruesome, but it's not realistic in any sense of the uh, word. So like, one of the opening scenes when he cuts that guy's guts open and his innards spill out is one of the most gruesome Jason deaths ever. So I think you yeah. can, if you can handle that. Well, it, was a, it was a clean kill. <laughs> I don't find that scary for some reason. Man, if, if you, Jason Takes Manhattan's your... I mean, Jason Takes Manhattan doesn't takes place as that much in and, Manhattan uh, as this podcast takes place in Manhattan, but... Uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, uh, and... Oh, that uh, Christmas one. Just, just all the really bad uh, B-movie ones. Do you like, like... Uh, the I, lower the budget, the more I enjoy it. 
I think, um, I don't know. There's a lot of, there's some scream in it. There's some, there's, it's, you know, there's the Wes Craven. There's some supernatural shit in it. There's a, it, there's a lot of, uh, Halloween and Friday the 13th in it. Like a lot, like even some music cues and stuff. Oh, cool. Um, Yeah, it's it's very much like if you took like the best parts of Halloween and the best ideas of Friday Thirteenth, and like the best ideas of like Scream and like your friends being your friends or be people not really might maybe the killer, you know, all that stuff, mm-hmm. like and mixed it up. That's probably what mm. they took the best of the sla- slasher genre. All that's missing is a, a psychopathic uh, child's doll. <laughs> Well, it's not over yet, is it? Well, no, we're uh, we're talking David Kirshner, so we will ta- be talking Chucky a little later in the show. Oh, uh, cool. but I think so. We want to kick it off. Yeah, um, I'm starting, right? I, I think so. Yeah, uh, my first pick, and I'm going with uh, since this is the most Halloween part of the Halloween episode that isn't. Uh, I'm just going to start off with the most terrifying Tim Curry performance ever. Aren't you going to say hello? Oh, come on, bucko. I'm not supposed to take stuff from strangers. My dad said so. Very wise of your dad, Georgie. Very wise indeed. Without this. My ghost! Exactly. Oh, yes. They float, Georgie. They float. Here I am, Wheezy. Hey, you're gonna like it down here. Won't do any good to run, girly boy. <laughs> beep, beep, Richie. I'll show you how to flow down. They all float. Take your pick, Billy Boy. <laughs> oh man, this is from the It miniseries, where Tim Curry plays Pennywise the clown. Yeah, frightening, but not as frightening as Bill Skarsgård is. Okay, I'm not. I don't want to. Say, Tim Curry set the bar high and Skarsgård mm-hmm. just had to up that and he had the advantage of CGI to <clears throat> to do that and being like uh, what's that the, the Skarsgårds are from Scandinavia they're just naturally freaky handsome and freaky he so Tim Curry lost the role of Judge Doom and uh, uh, Roger Rabbit because he was too scary and he lost the role of Joker we'll talk not the one in the Batman animated series. We'll talk about that later. But he lost the role of Joker that went to Jack Nicholson. Again. Oh, that would have made everything different. Yeah, he was too freaky. That would have been way too ahead of its time. Uh, like, I could see that now. Yeah, but back then it needed to be Jack. He brought yeah. that star power that really set the, the, the film on fire. He was uh, picked to star in the 1990 It miniseries. And he was terrifying. He uh, freaked out everybody on on staff. Um, they, they called for like like all these extensive 
latex prosthetics, but um, Cur- uh, Tim Curry didn't want to spend hours in the makeup chair. Uh, but he had that like emotive face. Well, he had so, already done Legend at this point, right? Right, where he played the devil with that huge like red horned face on. Yeah, and he, which actually is a good movie if you've never seen Legend. I, yeah, yeah. one and one. I don't want to tangent too much already, but uh, that did win best makeup. And from what I read, he was supposed to soak in like hot water for an hour before he could take it off, and he got frustrated. And just ripped it off one day, and it just peeled, like, layers of his skin off. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and then they had to shoot around him for, like, a week. Yeah, um, well, he, so he that might be why he didn't want extensive makeup on uh, this performance. Yeah. And they came back with a more stripped-back look and let him emote more with his face. And um, the rest is, I mean, that's history. Uh, he didn't, it's and he never really... how those work out. Like, it's like Jaws. Like, Jaws wouldn't be the same had the shark worked. Yeah, right, exactly. Um, so apparently, and I don't, I, he never said why, but he never publicly acknowledged his role in It until 2015. And um, I guess it's just how hammy and exaggerated. Like, it's not the best acted <laughs> miniseries on the planet. It's mm-hmm. terrifying. Um, he, I guess he never knew... Uh, I that he was like revered and it was lauded. He just thought that no one liked the series because it was too campy and hammy, and um, people love his appearance. And I mean, fuck, man, yeah, those movies, iconic. those movies, wouldn't it in it too, which we saw in the theaters because you know we love them, but they wouldn't be as good as they were without Tim Curry setting the. Setting the bar pretty high. Um, the book and is for, and because of this, uh, Mrs. I can't go. We can't go to the circus. Right. So this is this is what scared. This is it, Mrs. Squeezer. This is she. She saw this when she was a little girl, and since then, that's all. I mean, it freaks me out. Now, see, I went into this. And th- this, I saw this on replays, and then like the book was everywhere. Everyone read the book, and then I'd always look at the the box of like ten tapes at Blockbuster. But I wasn't as scared because I had, I was like, oh, what's the fucking term I'm looking for? Um, I was numb to clowns because my mom made me watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and <laughs> when uh, like two or three years prior, and. They were a thousand times freakier as to a kid, to a kid. Now I watch Killer Clowns yeah. and it's like funny and you get yeah. the, the joke. But when I was a kid, I'm like, fuck, these clowns are going to come down the street, put me in a cotton candy cocoon and kill me. But, you know, now it's it's great. And it's one of my fa- it was one of my favorite parts of Halloween Horror Nights. And I think everyone's because this year they upgraded it from a just like a street performance to an actual house because they have the actual like fucking outfits they wore but um they didn't just have a random tent in the middle of a field oh that was so spooky yeah we're gonna be rich (laughs) where'd my dog go um it was nominated for two emmy awards uh pretty much for the music composition i i believe and um 
it really had a lot of special effects uh, planned for it, but just they had $12 million to do the entire series. Oof. Yeah. Special effects were a lot more expensive uh, back then. Um, he uh, apparently, uh, the appearance, a lot of the appearance and, and acting was based on Lon Chaney's uh, Phantom of the Opera. Uh, oh, it is. No, that's just, it's kind of like a mix between um, Andre the Giant and what's his name from uh, Futurama, Zoidberg. Oh, what about Zoidberg? <laughs> this clown's not so scary with claws. No. Like my Zoidberg? I, I do. Well, even if it was a bad Zoidberg, I'd love it because. But what what about Zoidberg? Zoidberg. <laughs> and if I'm right, it's even creepier too because he did take some inspiration from John Wayne Gacy as well. Uh, I think. Uh, you can't not like do a killer clown and not let that influence you in some kind of way. No, of course. I, I didn't didn't Stephen King as well. Oh, I would think so. I mean, that's got to be. Uh, I'm excited. Uh, we haven't watched the second season of Castle Rock. It just dropped on Hulu. Uh, God, there's way too much to watch. I know. And we're we're watching Living with. Uh, I don't even think we haven't even finished Orange and New Black yet. I don't think. That's still on. Yeah, it's in this last season, and it's pretty good. Uh, and and I haven't really watched any of the Mayans, so. No, it's going to be the same thing that happened with me last year. I get all excited, watch the first one, and then I miss it, and then I got to wait to the end to try to catch up. So, um, there were three other actors that were going to be cast as Pennywise before they went with Tim Curry. Malcolm McDowell, who was uh, Penny's father from Lost. You might know him as that. Mm-hmm. And also, what's his name? Labarge from uh, Clockwork Orange. What's his name? Labarge, Lafarge. Wait, Malcolm McDowell? Yeah. He he wasn't unlost. Yeah, he was. No. He was Penny's dad. Is that Ian McDowell? No, Malcolm McDowell. I don't think Malcolm McDowell was unlost. Malcolm McDowell definitely was. Alex. Alex. Oh, what the fuck is his name? Alex Labarge? Lafarge? Labarge? What's his name? Alex DeLarge. <laughs> I knew he was going to get there. Let's see. He was absolutely in Lost. Dude, I've watched it a billion times. I know he was in Lost. He played Penny's oh, dad. I... Oh, I thought you meant Malcolm McDowell played Penny's dad. He did play Penny's dad. Oh. What? He didn't? Malcolm McDowell? No. Who played Penny's dad? Uh, It's a different guy. No. Oh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. John uh, Woodmore. Uh, what was Malcolm McDowell in that I know? Uh, Clockwork Orange. Yeah, but he was. Oh no, no, no! Malcolm Star McDowell Trek was in Generations. Uh, Malcolm, I'm confusing. He wasn't in Lost. Why do I think he was in Lost? Alan Dale is. Uh... Yeah, he looks just like him. 
It's like if Malcolm McDowell and Anthony Hopkins had a kid, you get Alan Dale. Nah. And uh, Phil Collins is his uncle. Okay, I'll take it. What am I thinking of? What he's what has he done in television? Hold on, let me see. Uh, he's done. Uh, he was in South Park as a British person. Um. Oh. Malcolm McDowell on TV. I'm trying to think. Was he in? Uh, oh, you know, was he Ari's boss on? Yes, he was Terrence McEwick in Entourage. That's what I'm thinking of. He was Sloane's dad, not Penny's dad. I'm confusing rich women who screw uh. their significant. Although E screwed Sloane, not Sloane screwed E. So. I don't know what you're talking about. I stopped watching after the first season. Oh, really? It's the douchiest show ever, but I love it. I know. Well, it's like, no, I, so I watched the first season and then I started dropping out and I'm like, there is no conflict. And my friend's like, what are you talking about? This show is great. I'm like, nothing is happening. No, there, there, conflict does get introduced. There's, it, it gets introduced. It's, you're supposed to introduce conflict. Well, there's conflict. It's man versus himself, a lot of it. I wasn't buying it. Uh, Were those Halloween bubbles that you just made? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It's my cauldron. I'm celebrating the season. It sounded like it. Um, So, yes, it is horrifying and spooky, but uh, it's a wonderful performance by Tim Curry. That will never be forgotten. No. Here's your first pick, Mr. Squeezer. Yeah, we can't go any more uh, 360 or 180, right? 180 is... Yeah. Okay. We're nothing but murdering pirates. Pirates! (laughs) (laughs) Pirates. Old Jim. If that's what you're thinking, you're dead wrong. When I was just a lad, Looking for my true vocation. My father said, no son, this choice deserves deliberation. What's this? You could be a oh, this is, uh, this is Long John Silver singing. Oh, is this from the Muppets one? <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island. I read that this was his favorite role ever. Uh, yeah, you could, wouldn't it be yours? Make it starring alongside Kermit and Miss Piggy. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, uh, that's from what I understand. Yeah, he he adored this because he he was a Muppet fan. And you think about it, someone like I grew up loving the Muppets. Uh, you know, he grew up. He's older than us. But when you think about it, when the Muppet Show was on, he was younger. So like he grew up with the Muppets. They were fresh and they were new. Um. And I think everyone has a soft spot for them. And if you get the chance to act beside them, which is tough, because it it's it can be treacherous. Like from what my understanding is, around those sets and even like on Sesame Street, like there are just holes or you're on decks, and it can just be very awkward because you're not just acting alongside a, a Muppet, you're acting alongside a puppeteer, right, multiple sta- puppeteers, and they're beneath you. Yeah, uh, beneath and above you. Yeah, yeah. There's actually, and in, in in some of the scenes in this in the song, um, where he kind of just the humans are just kind of standing in place, <laughs> looking at the Muppets, and just nodding and smiling, like, "Yes, this is what you do." 
and because you can't move anywhere else you can't dance you can't you, you can't go anywhere there he's probably standing on like one apple box right you know just if, if you or, move man overboard <laughs> yeah or even just four or five feet off the ground with just pits all around you yeah. um but he's that he was such a huge fan um of the muppets and he he was honored and you know just thrilled to be in this and i he kills it uh he's an awesome long john silver uh they i love that fact that they even point out in this song too um where he points out it's his only musical number yeah in the movie and it's uh It's what? Still there, buddy? Oh, we had a big, big digital dropout again. You there? What's going on today? I don't know, but there you, you just completely, I lost, it's not even like you break up, you just disappear. Huh. Well, we called it. This show is cursed. This show is cursed. This is the was, meta Halloween show. There was those bubbles I was making. I'm sorry. This is what we get. It's my cauldron. It's my um, fault. And it, it's so it's it, it's the perfect balance of a character for him, and he nails it. Like he's fun, he's sweet, he's charming, but he's oh, also that's a you. villain. You're fun, sweet, Thank charming, you. but also a villain. <laughs> um, and he kills it. He's got that big, over the top smile. Uh, that grin there's a great there's a youtube video out there somewhere you can just it's just him laughing in this film his evil laugh and it's just one by one and anyone else it wouldn't work and it would be over the top um but he just he makes it work and he fits in so well like with the muppets like it just he blends in with it not to say that he is a muppet although as a gift, he was given a Muppet of himself. No. Um, yeah, they made a Muppet of him as Long John Silver. And there's even some behind-the-scenes stuff. What and, the hell? Uh, I want a Muppet of me as Long John I Silver. I know. Well, um, just me and as me. He actually does like an interview sitting alongside his Muppet self. Fuck. Can we get custom Muppets made of us? Uh, hang on, let me call Brian up real quick. Brian. Ensign. Ah. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he's pretty good with those Muppets. So yeah, he he directed this. Um, it was a Brian Henson film. Uh, one of my favorite characters, rather than so they originally had a parrot, um, and it was a female parrot, and then the flirt they actually found that him flirting with the parrot was actually too uncomfortable, so they made it a male parrot. Mm. And it just didn't seem to work. And then they just made Polly the lobster, which was his talking lobster. Okay. Which then worked out even better because then they make fun of it when Gonzo asks, where's your parrot? And they're like, a talking parrot. That's weird. You know, coming from the talking lobster. Yeah. Um, but still, it's a Muppet movie. Yeah, it's a Muppet movie. It's fantastic. It's one of my, It's one of my favorites. Actually, I, I feel like everything kind of clicked on this one. Um, and uh, it, I, I think it all comes down to him. Like, there, there's... Because the Muppets, yeah, the Muppets carry the movie on their own. But if if your human characters don't mesh with it, it you could tell. 
it just doesn't work. Um, if people don't know that if, if you don't treat the Muppets like they're people, like they're characters, and you treat it like it's someone in a costume, like if you can't help yourself but to – if you're interviewing a Muppet or a mascot and you can't help but try to – and break that wall and bring up that there's someone in there, it's going to show. And to Tim Kirk, for someone that was just a fan, he looked at it, that was Kermit, that's Fozzie, that's Gonzo, that's Rizzo, you know, and that's there with him right then and there. You know, they it wasn't puppets he was working with. Well, yeah, I think if you want it to work, you absolutely have to treat them with that kind of uh, respect towards your fellow actor. Yeah. Yes, they are your fellow actor. Right. If you're going and to... if you think it's because, and they're not even, they're not. It's not even Kermit and Fozzie. They're playing roles as well. Uh, so you get like that double layering of deliciousness of muppetry. Um, this. Oh. oh, we lost Squeezer again. I don't know what's going on. Squeezer's gone. Squeezer's gone with the wind. My squeezers, you're back. I'm back. My squeezers oh. gone with the wind. That's uh. for you. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying? Um, I sang I you. I remember song. now. Because I sang you a song. Yeah. Uh. Wow, you well, you just blew me away with that one. Thank you. Yeah, I didn't know you had any Leonard Skinner in you. But... Oh, yeah. Sweet Home Allentownia. <laughs> oh, that's a little bit of shoehorning there. Yeah, well. It is a podcast. Uh, I'm just I'm just glad that we had Tim Curry in this role. Uh, there were two, two big uh, names that were actually going for this, that were interested in it. Um, one being David Bowie, and the other being Mick Jagger. Really? Yeah. Were they too busy dating each other? Uh, <laughs> that's not a joke. I heard that's true. I, uh, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm not judging, but they're both beautiful men. So. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Good for um, them. Wouldn't have been the same. No, not probably have, not. Not have been the same. Probably not. Um. So uh, that's everything we have to say about uh, uh, Muppets Treasure Island, uh, starring Tim Curry in his favorite role ever. Uh, here, well, just Tim Curry in Muppet Treasure Island. I'm still saving Muppet Treasure Island down the road for when we've got to talk more. Yeah, Muppets. we're not talking full Muppet Treasure Island. We didn't get in the plot. We didn't get in the uh, Muppet detail we were just talking tim curry but here i didn't do my macgyver <laughs> breakdown of muppet treasure island no just as my next pick isn't about batman the animated series it's about what could have been in batman the animated series now this was this clip is the voice of mark hamill playing the joker i'm here in downtown gotham where corporate ceos have gone stark raving mad it would appear that the collapse of the stock market is now imminent. The question is, will April Fool's Day mark the end of Gotham City as we know it? 
The only things gaining now are the laughing stocks. <laughs> Jumping chimney Christmas. It's an homage to me. I'm kind of sorry I had to blow it up. This has all been worked out far in advance, Francis. You are merely the last tiny cog in my grand design. So don't speak to me again, okay? Now, what is everyone in town talking about? Uh, your fish? I told you not to speak! So which of your tedious copyright forms do I I told you not to first? speak! <laughs> you may speak now. Uh, so, while Mark Hamill uh, was a complete genius, he told this story years ago on Kevin Smith's Fat Man on Batman. He said originally Tim Curry was cast in the role and Mark Hamill had a side role uh, in the show. They brought him in to read for Batman animated series and it was just a, as it was just a second character, not a main character. And Tim Curry did the Joker. And um, I guess they said it sounded too scary. Also, uh, they said it sounded too much like a character from another show I'm going to be talking about a little bit later, and they decided to recast. Now, a few years ago at a Comic-Con, someone asked uh, Tim Curry why he was rejected and did not wind up taking the role of the Joker. He said he came down with bronchitis, and they were ready to record and could not wait for him to recover. So they recast Mark Hamill as... Uh, the Joker. What is true, I do not know. I just know that they're really impressed by Mark Hamill, and Mark Hamill was fantastic in it. But like I said earlier, they were going to cast Tim Curry to play the Joker in the the 89 Tim Burton Batman movie, but thought he was too scary and would scare kids. Uh, but uh, Jack Nicholson was the right choice in, I guess, gravitas to the role? Yeah, especially for that time period. Yeah. You needed a heavy. Yeah, you needed, yeah. Especially because people were fucking going nuts about the casting of Michael Keaton. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I don't think for the longest time I had no fucking idea that um, uh, fucking Luke Skywalker was the voice of the Joker in Batman the Animated Series, a a show that I watched religiously. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, so like if I would have known that as a kid, it would have meant that much more to me. I, I didn't find that out until like college. Yeah. It, and it's iconic. Like you can't get away from it. Like when you hear, like those are the voices that you think of like that, that to me, that's the Joker I think of. Yeah. You that's, know, if I have to, that's a See that I, I always have now. I know everyone says, like, oh, the animated series is the voice I think of, and I, I agree. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I think when I think of, when I'm reading comics, I usually have um, the uh, animated series voices in my head for some of them, but not all of them. Like, my favorite penguin will always be Danny DeVito. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite. Uh, Mr. Freeze will always be um, the Arnold animated Schwarzenegger. series. <laughs> Freeze! <laughs> oh, God, he was so bad. What a stretch. You take one of the most... Uh... Yeah, we've so, been over this before. 
Yeah, they they took they basically so Paul Dini wrote um, Heart of Ice, and uh, they really brought for the first time ever like gravitas and 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 human like I don't know like they really made rich, you empathize. Deep. Yeah, it was, yeah, and and, and like, a morally conflicted character, right? And you were like, okay, this isn't so bad, but then they kind of took that and shoehorned the Heart of Ice story into the Batman and Robin with Ice to see you. Yeah, yeah, uh, the puns, uh, the puns, <laughs> and like Kevin Conroy's Batman against uh, the actor. I don't know the actor who played. But he played it so well without any emotion, and that's how you need to play that Mister Freeze until, mm-hmm. until when he's like Nora, um, mm-hmm. so fucking, so fucking great. And they, why don't you just chill? Yeah. So I don't, I don't want to get into. We're kind of diverting into talking about Batman animated series, but like voices were really important in the show to get right, and Kevin Conroy was as Batman. And and Mark Hamill as the Joker. I I don't think like Hamill as the Joker is like yeah. You know that's like the the cadence he mm-hmm. took. And I don't know if Tim Curry could have done that as well as Mark Hamill. Yeah, it would have been a much more. Uh... Hmm. Because you really they really needed they really grounded the series, and and with with Kevin Conroy. Uh, like really playing Bruce Wayne, like there there was two voices, and it wasn't like the notoriously hated Christian Bale. Like, oh, what are you doing? Yeah, like, where is he? It was very much like, like when when he when Conroy was playing Bruce Wayne, it was one voice. It was like, hi, how are you doing? And then when he's playing mm-hmm. Batman, it's like, you don't belong here, you know. And but it was distinct yet the same. And I think that. I don't know. I guess you don't know unless you could see an episode of Tim Curry playing. Um, I just feel like would they would they be too close to each other? Whereas Hamill going like in that higher octave, like it just well, gives you, that I think Tim Curry of... would have done too because I have some voice well, acting uh, uh, clips in the future uh, with Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I I mean, who knows? It would have been cool to see. I'm here, you yeah. know. Yeah. But I am glad Mark Hamill got it because I think he did a fantastic job. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if, if things would have been different and Tim Curry would have gotten it and there was a chance Mark Hamill would have go, you know what? I'm so glad Tim Curry got it. It would have been interesting to see what Mark Hamill could have done with it. But thank God we had Tim Curry as the Joker. I mean, you're probably right. <laughs> we probably would be saying they both probably would have knocked it out of the park. That's not, not to say yeah. that Mark Hamill isn't some fucking like like god at playing Joker. Uh, I guess that's the easiest way to say it. Yeah, he just he just killed it. He embodied the character so well. Yes. Uh, and with that being said, let's talk about a show we haven't heard about in a while. Hmm. You throw away your entire education for a piece of clothing. I look great. That's all I need to know. <sighs> if I might interject a word here. Hey, listen to that. It talks. I was thinking the same thing about you. Oh, thanks. 
My dear, your daughter won't be in any shape to go to college until she addresses this self-esteem problem of hers. Now, I don't want to place blame where it obviously belongs, but perhaps you should let me take it from here. Help me, please. That must be Mindy. Oh, she's going to be so jealous. That's the idea. <laughs> after you. You go first. No, after you. Earl, no, did you hear that? Charlene's coach just said we're bad parents. Charlene who? Oh. Oh. So this is a show that we uh, we've discussed before. Um, yeah, maybe dinosaurs once or twice. Once or twice. Um, last last like week. Ten seconds. Yeah, um, <clears throat> and that's why I was worried about doing it. But then I'm like, no, I love this episode so much, and uh, this character absolutely kills it, and he's such a wonderful, uh, obnoxious, um, smug dick. That I it just uh, such a great Tim Curry villain, if you want to even call him a villain. Um, the Fox Jacket, uh, in the episode uh, Slave to Fashion, um, and in season two, uh, Charlene wants to fit in in school with all the cool girls, and her and her friend Mindy are over as one would the, want to, absolutely. I and it's to a, fit in with the cool it's a girls. sitcom, even though it's dinosaurs, so uh, it's there's life lessons to be learned here. And uh, they see a commercial for these coats that um, were the mammals. Uh, it's a fur coat, but the, they're still alive. And in this case, uh, so Charlene gets a fox jacket. Now it's five hundred dollars. It's a lot of money. She goes to her mom. Five hundred dinosaur dollars. Dinosaur dollars. Yeah, it's an expensive jacket. Um. But she ends up going uh, to Grandma, and she gives her the money, and then she shows up with it, and hence that scene ensues. Um, the back and forth with Earl is fantastic. He spends the entire episode just watching TV, uh, and some of the other clips that they play in are great, too. And just this little back and forth uh, <clears throat> with the fox jacket is like one of my favorite scenes. Uh, the fox jacket, clearly uh, voiced by uh, Tim Curry. He he's um, oh the jacket is voiced. The by jacket. So it, it looks like if you if you look up, pull up a picture, you want to pull up a clip. Uh, it's dinosaurs, slave to fashion, uh, and it's the fox jacket. And it looks like like a cow jacket of some kind. But then over the shoulder, there's this fox um, that talks to Charlene and just feeding her information and <laughs> oh my so, god this looks like schmuffin <laughs> all right now picture schmuffin um being a a smug elitist oh she um, definitely is a smug elitist voiced by tim curry uh she's a she but she is smug and elitist oh my uh, god I, I would love this jacket how do i get you watch this episode it's great he's sly and conniving uh he he, he he talks down to her, talks down to her parents, um, and and he is just not a good jacket. Um, 
because of this, Charlene breaks off her friendship with Mindy um, because now all the cool girls at school like her because they like her fox jacket. Um, but then the fox jacket is thinking about himself. He's like, I'm being seen with you. You need to go buy new clothes and fancier clothes to make me look good. You're bringing me down now. Of course. Um, it, this made me think, too, of uh, um, the episode of with Marge and the... Um, oh, she the, the suit she finds and she keeps yes. redoing uh, it? What, 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 what brand was the... Uh, Chanel. Was it Chanel? Yeah. Right? Uh, yes, it was a Chanel, I think. Uh, it kind of reminded me of that uh, at first. Uh, and then uh, the fox tricks Charlene. I'm not going to go full MacGyver on this, but the fox tricks Charlene to steal Earl's credit card to go to the store. Um, Baby gets involved because he witnesses they bribe Baby with the dollar, which leads to another one of my favorite scenes. Again, Tim Curry kills it as a jacket, but... Earl as a side character in this episode. <laughs> That's but. a great line. Tim Curry kills it as a jacket. <laughs> it's no one else would have been able. It, you don't even. They could have gotten anyone to do the voice right. for this jacket. No, but they didn't get anyone. They got but Tim they didn't. fucking Curry. They got Tim Curry and he's he <clears throat> nails it. Um, but where Earl is interrogating baby over his credit card. And he's torturing his own infant son with, a, like, a heat lamp <laughs> to get him to talk. That kid was a dick. Um, yeah, he deserves everything. He yeah, you got, you, um, you got it coming. Yeah. Uh, and then, eventually, uh, they end up at the store uh, to buy more clothes. Uh, Charlene has uh, second thoughts about using Earl's credit card, because she is a sweet, sweet girl. And yeah. she doesn't want to hurt her dad. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh the popular girl at school shows up, uh, Heather, who is voiced by one. There's some star power here now. Now, granted, this was a little early on. Now uh, she'd be a hefty price tag with all those Emmys. Uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Ah. Uh, yeah. Plays well, no, uh, Heather she was, Worthington. She was... The uh, I believe she's a Velociraptor. She was Elaine um, Bennis. What's that? She was Elaine Bennis back then. Talk about star power. I mean, she yeah. might have Emmys yeah. for that VIP well, that, Veep show, yeah. but she was fucking Elaine Bennis. Little kicks dance. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so she, she, she with the pink beret. Is she the one with the, the pink beret? Decides, what's that? Is, is Elaine the one with the pink beret? Uh, yes. Okay, there's yep. a picture of her still here. Yeah. Um, she looks like a. She, while uh, Charlene goes to try on something else, she gives Heather the fox jacket, and in turn, the fox jacket goes, nah, I'm done with you. I'm staying with her. And her fox decides that he doesn't want Charlene anymore. So Charlene's out $500 and a fox jacket. Um, But she learns lessons. And then it ends with a sweet call to Mindy to try to patch things up. $500. Think about Five, that in dinosaur time. Think about inflation from it, all right, yes. sixty-four What's million years ago. Sixty-five million years ago. Whew. That's like five hundred million dollars. That's how much that jacket costs. Yeah, but think about it. If you now would would you pay five hundred dollars for a jacket right now? <laughs> Me? <laughs> all right. Sorry. Bad. 
All right, poor example. What did I just yeah. not does pay five hundred dollars? Your Star Wars jacket talk to you and like and sound like Tim Curry? No, but you could go on uh, uh, YouTube.com/slash Ride Years Podcast and watch me <laughs> unbox a limited edition Columbia Star Wars jacket from the Empire Strikes Back crew that the crew wore exclusively, and they did a replica of this. There's only a certain amount made, and I wear it. I have one. I paid five hundred dollars for it, <laughs> but it doesn't sound like Tim Curry. Oh, I wish it did. It sounds more like... That was pretty good. It's got that furry uh, hood. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, uh, very fun episode. Uh, and it, it, it's just cool seeing him do his little pop-in cameos and bit parts on shows sometimes. Yeah, I see that. And I, we haven't talked dinosaurs in a while, so I wanted to squeeze that one in. Okay, fair enough. So <clears throat> my next Tim Curry pick... He starred in a movie uh, that I talk about often on this show. It's one of my favorite movies. It was one of my favorite movies as a kid. It is based on a book by my favorite author of all time. And I'm going to play you the most infamous scene from the movie featuring him. Uh, without further ado. Have some uh, coffee and cake. Have some. You have our visas. You have our manifest. This is a legitimate scientific mission. You have no right to detain us. Liar, liar, your pants on fire. So says my computer, Miss Ross. Huh. You used to work for the CIA, and now you're Travicom. Travicom pays better than the CIA. You have a big mouth. Everybody says that about me. What can I do? Monroe, you have the worst timing in the world. Tell me about it. They blew up the president's Mercedes-Benz. Did you know that? Yes, it's a big plot. My country will be in shit for at least a year. Captain, I need that truck. You need the truck? You also need 10 good men to the border. More. Mr. Homoka. Oh. Stop eating my sesame cake. Stop eating my sesame cake! Mm-hmm. What are you doing in my country? Bag of shit. Captain, please. I only wish to explore and discover. This fellow is a big bag of shit. You should shake this rat from off of your neck. He owes money to everybody everywhere he goes. I will ask you to wait outside. <laughs> this man is a big pile of shit. That's Alcamel America. Uh, so the character was never in the book, Congo, and it is played greatly, uh, fantastically, and Razzie award-winning, which, fuck the Razzies, he's great, by uh, Tim Curry. He's a Romanian philanthropist who travels the world doing good, but he's in search of King Solomon's diamonds, and he thinks this gorilla holds the key to finding King Solomon's diamond mine. <laughs> was that good? Uh, the, I was afraid that you were going to choke to death on your tongue. Now, I pulled... Um, <laughs> 
I pull the clip reel of the best of Hulk Hamelka so you could hear more of him here quickly. It's just I know we're playing a lot of clips, but I mean it's worth it. Just because. And who are you, sir? Herkema Homolka, formerly of Romania, free now of the chains of Ceausescu, traveling the world, doing good. Doing good. You may call me Mr. Homolka. As a young man, I found a book in Soviet Georgia. It contained a detailed drawing of the city of Zinj. What is this? It's the city, it the city of, of Zinj. City of Zinj. <laughs> He's really into the city of Zinj. Now, if you read the book, <laughs> the book is great, but the movie is so fucking great. And I fuck everyone who says anything about it. <laughs> like, it's fun. Like, Roger Ebert, who I agree with, like, 90% of the time on his movie reviews, fucking love the movie. He's like, it's a fun jungle adventure. And that's exactly what it is. And it, and I, I really thought adding the character of Helka Mahomilka from Romania, a former uh, philanthropist, now traveling the world doing good, <laughs> is a great addition. And he played the character uh, perfectly. Um, it received tons of negative reviews. It was re- released July, uh, I'm sorry, June 9th, 1995, a month before my birthday. I, I remember I was just so fucking excited to see this. I had this little stuffed gorilla I'd carry. I mean, I was thir- I was turning 13. I was 12 turning 13. So that summer I wasn't 13 in school yet, so I still wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. So I had this like stuffed gorilla that me and my buddy would carry around and she was our Amy. It looked just like Aww. Amy too, yeah. We would play we were playing Congo because we played Jurassic Park and we we're playing Congo. Mm-hmm. Um and Crichton often often says this is one of his favorite adaptations of his work. Hmm. Unlike Timeline, which caused him to cease a lot of further adaptations yeah. Yeah. of his work. Uh, yeah, and Roger Ebert uh, gave it three out of four stars. He called it a splendid example of the genre no longer much in fashion, the jungle adventure story. It was nominated for seven Golden Raspberry Awards. And uh, Hal Hinson, some dickhead of the Washington Post, called it a Spielberg knockoff, shamelessly lifting themes and ideas from a handful of Steven's greatest hits, which is bullshit because Kathleen but, Kennedy... It, it, but Spielberg lifted those themes from Crichton. Right. Well, also, like Frank Marshall directed this and Kathleen Kennedy produced this. They are Kennedy's, uh, I'm sorry, they are Spielberg's producers. Like, like yeah. you can't, the themes. You, and you don't think that he didn't have some hand in it. Oh, I'm sure they showed it to him. I'm sure. I'm sure they did. Um, and then they called Amy the Grill the most dis- disappointing performance of all, uh, c- citing that Tim Curry and Ernie Hudson stood out more than the lead actors, which I'll agree with. Tim Curry and Ernie Hudson. Ernie Hudson's fucking fantastic in this mm-hmm. movie. Like, fan-fucking... We could do an Ernie Hudson episode. I'm game with that. Like, yeah. let's put you that can, on You the can list. do Hannah Rock's Cradle, because fuck that. It's scary. <laughs> like, Ernie Hudson, for sure. But Tim Curry, they were both really, really yeah. good in it. Uh, and that scene killed... Like, him and Delroy Lindo, that... Yeah. Back and forth. I, I used to eat Rice Krispies. It's Krispie, a meme. Like right around 96, like Rice Krispie Treats, like single wrap Rice Krispie Treats came out. You know what I mean? The, mm-hmm. the like single wrap. They, like people might think they exist forever. No, they didn't come out until like the mid 90s, like 96, 95. So it was right after this. So I used to eat them and like what I'd pretend I was eating the his sesame cake. <laughs> 
Stop eating my sesame cake. That, yeah, he's so great in that. This piece of shit. And he slaps him with this <laughs> fucking, um, what's that called? The horse crop, a crop. He slaps him with his yeah. crop. And she, like the whole, like her tapping him on the side with like the wads of the, the, the thousand dollar wads of hundred dollar bills. And she just, she wound up putting like $500 cash. And he, he puts an envelope and he stabs it. Don't want anybody peeking. It's just, it's so good. Um, I don't know. There's really very little I can say negative about this movie. Like, just watch it. The soundtrack's awesome. Even though, like, the soundtrack gets fucking shit on. Like, uh... If it would have come out before Jurassic Park, it would have been much better received. You think? I do. I think because people immediately compare it to Jurassic Park. I, I, re- I re- refute that because I only got into it and liked it because... Of the Crichton, my I didn't know Michael Crichton until I saw the movie Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and that's what made me into this movie. And then what made me read the book. And I, I like, th- if it wasn't for Jurassic Park, I might not have ever k- gave a shit about this movie. Same sure. with, same with. But there are people out there that see this, and you know, maybe there's some execution or time or just something is off, and they go, "Well, it's no Jurassic Park." Um. It's almost you look at it as a some people you could look at it as a sequel. Yeah, and I did, and I I loved it for it. Like I still. Yeah, well, you do, and you're well. I'm not saying I'm saying you're right in that case. Um, it, it's a spiritual sequel, if anything. Right, I, I consider it the best, the second best movie uh, based on Crichton material ever. Uh, Great Train Robbery was good. Yeah, but not, and, and so was Rising Sun, and so was Disclosure, um, but they weren't as good as this Timeline. <laughs> Timeline was fucking awful. <laughs> that was Dick Donner, too. I mean, fuck. But this was Frank Marshall. I mean, come on. Yeah. Frank Marshall, Kathleen Kennedy. I mean, I know there's a lot of the Star Wars bros hate Kathleen Kennedy because of you're one of them. You're not a bro, but you hate um, The Last Jedi. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? We'll see what happens. We'll see we what got, happens. like, what, two months to go. Yeah. but We'll see how J.J. But, can patch so up that open wound. They call... Um, Festering open wound. They, <laughs> they call... Uh, All the pus. This movie a Spielberg ripoff. These are the Frank Marshall directed this. This is what he produced and directed: uh, <laughs> Raiders of the Lost Ark, Poltergeist, Indiana well, Jones. Yeah, and but Temple Raiders of the Lost Ark is it, it looks so much like a Spielberg movie. Right. The Color Purple, Back to the Future, The Money Pit, Empire of the Sun, Batteries Not Included, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Land Before Time, Always, Back to the Future Two. Indiana Jones and Last Crusade. He directed Arachnophobia. Back to the Future 3 produced. Cape Fury produced. Hooked he produced. Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. He produced. Noises Off he produced. Alive he produced. Milk Money. Alive he directed. I'm sorry. Milk Money he produced. The Indian in the Cupboard produced. Congo he directed. Yeah, but he's just ripping off Spielberg. It's not that the two of them formed his fucking style together because he fucking produced every huge movie fucking Spielberg was ever a part of. Yeah, but all those movies made money, so that's not cool. You have to not like them. And don't get, don't make me pull up his wife, Kathleen Kennedy, and tell you what she's been part of. I mean, my God, every 
big the two of them have been part of every big movie that i think has ever existed ever <laughs> that yeah. wasn't a marvel movie mm-hmm. so like to, to say that like the, uh, was it because like in the era before the internet and people didn't know these things like he didn't know frank marshall was the producer on all these like uh spielberg films so they just said uh feels like a spielberg ripoff like a poor one too no it's not it's a fucking great movie and actually, it actually um, made uh, three times its budget. Well, that's a plus. Yeah, it's like Paramount was like really pleased with it because people still want to see it no matter what. It had a fifty million dollar budget and it made one hundred fifty two million worldwide. So it was well, the marketing was good for it. It had a good yeah. name behind it. Yeah, there were toys. Yeah, they realized that. I think they realized that a lot of kids, because of Jurassic Park, were going to see this movie. That's why I think they kept it a PG. I think it was a PG movie. Regardless, uh, the toy line from Kenner, um, and I think they had uh, video games in development for Super Nintendo and Sega, but they were canceled. There was the Lost City of Zinj video game for the. Uh, computer and there was a there's a pinball machine for congo but um, you're saying timeline got a computer game before congo did no congo did get one but timeline got oh, fuck that. timelines was more based <laughs> on the book yeah and so while i do believe that um tim curry was great in this movie i think laura linney is like above and beyond fantastic i mm-hmm. think ernie hudson is fucking amazing i think Delroy Lindo is just in the uncredited role is fucking amazing. Is he really not like credited for yeah, that? He's like uncredited, it's... yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um there's just and Grant Grant Hesloff is Richard. <laughs> this is this is pure Kafka. Who is Kafka? Tell me. <laughs> Grant Hesloff is now a uh runs a production company with um, what the fuck's that handsome Batman's name from ER? Uh, George Clooney. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clooney, Affleck, and uh, 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 Heslov won Best Picture for Argo. They brought that picture to us. So we went from Richard to a uh, Hollywood, big-time Hollywood producer. But yeah, how come the Hallmarkov? Formerly a Romanian Flambo. <laughs> <laughs> This is a fun character. Yeah, and Bruce Campbell's in it too. He plays uh, Charlie Travis, who dies Karen's ex-fiance and um, RB's son, who they go looking for. So you love Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead. Any movie with Ash in it, mm-hmm. if it's a Spider-Man or Congo movie or Evil Dead, I will see it. <laughs> Except Spider-Man Three. Fuck that movie. <laughs> All right, we're like three hours in. Here's your third pick. I told you we could go this long. Tim Curry. How'd you do, I? See you've met my faithful hand in hand. He's just a little broad guy because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. What's this? Wait for the hook. 
Okay. Judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. And what's this from? Uh, so you, you never, you really did never see Rocky Horror Picture Show. Uh, I'm being completely honest. I, I was talking with Enchantress tonight about it. Until I was like eight or nine, I thought it had something to do with the Rocky boxing movies. Oh, oh we lost Squeezer. <laughs> He's back. He's back. Yes, that, um, that's a true story. I, I'm honest to God. I thought it had something to do with the Rocky Boxing movie. I want. I'm curious because it's never right. saw it. Look, I'm not one of those. Look, this has. I might. We are on thin ice here. Why? There are people that absolutely hate this movie. Okay. There are people that are just generally indifferent to it. Okay. And then there are people that love this movie to the point where they will dress up and attend midnight screenings. On a regular basis, recreating scenes and coming up with their own shtick to go along with it, and it's an international phenomenon. Well, Even to this day, on. it's the longest. I'm going to stop you right there. Hold on. Sustaining film of all time. I, the same could be Disney, said. Disney right. went out of their way to not fuck with their contract negotiation or the the licensing regarding Rocky Horror, so that it can remain running in theaters to keep its like status i'm not gonna uh, sorry to interrupt you when you didn't let me interrupt you but same could be said for congo <laughs> okay okay wait what <laughs> oh that people either love it don't care or hate it and it still should be running in theaters <laughs> <laughs> yes but rocky horror is is it yeah uh, oh yeah my whole youth like that theater behind the mall like up until that went away, it played it every weekend at midnight. Yes, all the time, and I was so weirded out, but because that was my theater, like I hung out there. I, I worked in there um, for Star Wars Episode One. I yeah. wish we've told that story. Um, if you wanted to go, uh, right now, well, right now it's a little too late because it's one twelve. It's already going. So let's see tomorrow. No place uh, around us the, is showing it anymore. What's that? Is Zemeas theater still showing it? It's at Mayus Theater. It's at the AMC 16, or you can go down in the Chamonix or Cherry Hill. Yeah, it's at all the AMCs. Jeez. Uh, I bet you there's even more. Let's go to the 31st. Yep. Nope. Oh, yeah. I don't even know what the fucking movie's about. I've known nothing about it. All right. So this couple... Um, we'll talk more about Tim Curry's role in it. Don't give me okay, the whole Okay, well, uh, this couple winds up in a uh, mansion Enchantress where there's told a me party I have going to say on, and they come across... Slut and asshole whenever you bring up two people's names, but I forget their names. Well, uh, Susan Sarandon? I don't know. Enchantress told me when you bring up names of actors, I have to be like, slut or asshole. I guess that's part of the shtick. In Rocky, oh yeah, yeah. They, well, it depends on what theater you're in. They all have their own bits I don't and know. sticks. And... She was probably in Italy. <laughs> Who knows? Thanks. Um, 
Yeah, no, no, yeah, it's a big call out thing. You yell at the screen, you argue, you. Oh you know. God, I would hate. I I, I hate know. The idea I of so that. Wanna, we don't even have to. We don't even have to go to one of those. I just want to sit and watch this with you because oh. if it didn't, if it weren't for the fact that it's such cult status, you could argue that this would be a great episode of MST3K at the same time. Um, so can I tell? The effects are putrid. Can, can uh, I... The editing is um, rough. Can I tell a story about a, yes. m- a musical? Fact? Only if you let me tell a story about a musical. She it's bought... about this girl named Maria. I just met a girl named Maria. Oh, I'm going to sneeze. You tell that story. That That's it. Uh, I was just quoting West Side Story. Oh, I didn't. I so it's a musical play. I've, n- I've never seen you that weren't in. You weren't on stage crew. No, no, I was... I was purely video, unlike you, who was bitextual. Like that? I do. Yeah. That's I learned. Oh, we got So um my the quick version of the story is I went to see the Enchantress bought tickets for Hugh Jackman and he said in the beginning of it, uh, how many of you know me from playing Wolverine? And he's the people raise their hand is like, Well, you're in for a long night. Like only Wolverine. Uh, so unfortunately, like I fell asleep in the first half, like head on the wall. But I was sick, Squeezer. I was sick as I fell asleep uh-huh. on the drive down there. Um, or sick boy. Yeah, I was, I was sick. But like musicals, just I mean, I I was up through Hamilton. I enjoyed it, but uh, like musicals just aren't my thing. So I this love is this, right. This stands on its own. You're gonna hate it. I can't wait. I can't wait. What? Holy shit, I, lo- I had a full squeezer drop out again. This is a haunted show. You're so is, This show is haunted. There you go, you're first. back. It's just, it's like f- weird. We never had dropouts like this before. No. All right. Uh, um, you- but yeah, you, you could, look, look, you'll appreciate it for, I I, I I don't know. I think you'll hate it. Um, But if, if you can't see like the love and attention and absolute, the amount of fun that Tim Curry is having in this role, that that alone is worth the price of admission. Yeah. So, uh, what did he he played? What in this role? Doctor Frank Inferter. And and he is an alien transvestite from Transylvania from the galaxy transsexual. Oh, right. I always thought somehow Transylvania was like somehow related to Pennsylvania. No, no, that's just in the Bible, like we <laughs> talked about earlier. Right. Um, yeah. Again, I, I've never seen this, and I mean, unless you cut down it to like all the narrative and then cut the musical numbers down just the hooks, I don't. Oh, think that's I... not a bad idea because your attention span uh, devolves after about thirty to forty seconds of music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't so it's like much. basically, if I trim everything down to the length of a wrestling entrance, you'll be good to go. <laughs> so, someone did a video. Uh, they took if you saw the movie The Joker, they do the scene where it's like, hey, and he's like walking down and dancing these stairs in the Bronx. And someone took that and they cut Shawn Michaels' <laughs> name music in, and it fits so per- I showed it to you tonight, it fits so yeah. perfectly. It's great. Uh, I think, um, 
I saw Matt from Dinosaur Jacula retweet it. So if you look at his Twitter feed, you could find it. Uh, it's so fucking great. Uh, but yeah, let's, let's, should we move on? Yeah, uh, I think, well, yeah, we'll come back to this after we've watched it together. All right. Fair enough. Here is my next Tim Curry pick. <laughs> is being devoured by dark water. Only Ren, a young prince, can stop it by finding the lost 13 treasures of war. At his side is an unlikely but loyal crew of misfits. At his back, the evil pirate lord Blood, who will stop at nothing to get the treasures for himself. Adventure with the Pirates of Dark Water. I think that's the best way I describe everybody we work with. An unlikely but loyal crew of misfits. <laughs> I also Aww. Yeah. That's us, I think, to a T. Mm -hmm. uh, this is Pirates of the Dark Water. Now this started uh this was produced by um uh, David Kirshner, who uh, is most famously known for uh, American Tale. He was a producer, but he also produced Child's Play. And so that he created the animatronic uh, Chucky doll for the original Child's Play. No shit. Right. Um, he was uh, pretty uh, instrumental in a little movie that you might have seen here and there on um, Freeform called Hocus Pocus that uh i love hocus pocus when it came out it did, did not do big business at all because it came out the same month as jurassic park in 93 uh like four oh, months wow. before halloween now my mom was a halloween psychopath and loved it and we watched it over and over and over and which made me love the movie it's really great there's some really fantastic lines in that movie but uh, i heard a rumor that they are a uh, uh, green they greenlit production on a sequel with the original cast for Disney Plus. So, I mean, give me just another billion reasons um, to to give Disney all my money. Uh, Bette Midler's going to dress up as a witch and sing a song. Yeah, but she does one, Squeezer, and it fits. She's not singing <laughs> plot. She's singing. It's like, okay, she's singing a song. But it, it's it's a. It, you like a musical. It's not a musical. It's not a fucking musical. You cannot. Is call, there a song in it? Yeah, but it's not a mu they're it's not, musical. It's not singing plot it's squeezer. It's, it's, she's singing. Uh, I'll put a spell on you at at a, at a Christmas. At, I'm sorry, at a Halloween party. That sounds like exposition to me. It's not. She's not singing any plot or exposition. It's yeah. Not. Well, Tim Curry is just letting you know that he's a sweet transvestite. Yeah, but. She's not letting you know anything. She's just singing to entertain. No, she just said she is going to put a spell on me. Right, it was a pun because she's singing to entertain, but she's literally putting a spell on them. It's but, not exposition. But she, it is exposition. She just said what she's going to do, plot device. 
We're talking about it's Pirates of the Dark Water. Tim Curry yeah. starred. And the fact that you like musicals. I don't like musicals. A musical. Yeah, I don't like any musicals. Tim Curry stars as Conk, a, a short, fat pirate who works for Bloth, the big bad in the hey. show. Well, you're not short. I'm like 5'7". Nor fat. Eight ninths. <laughs> and I am. He lost his leg uh, to it. You remember in the beginning of the show where I complained that you weren't sending me to Nazareth because my cheese store is there? I do remember that. Yeah. yeah. He lost Pretty. his leg because of um, the ferocious uh, constrictus pet of his master. Oh. And Kron- Konk is the only uh, one survivor of said monster. Uh, he's not smart. Uh, but he's got a lot of bluster. But he's he kind of has some heart. But he is still trying to always win boss praise. Um, and it's a great character. The show so it started off as a five episode miniseries that ran on Fox Kids. So you probably might remember it like airing really early in the morning before the Fox Kids run started, mm-hmm. like before, uh, like with with the Wizard of Oz cartoon. So if you wake up at like five thirty six on a Saturday morning. Um. Uh, you, you know, you might pick up Pirates of the Dark Water. That's when I first saw it. But when I, I mean, really you're going head to head with Mister Wizard and Flipper, yeah, right. When I really watched it was when I, I when I was like twelve years old. I had like a seizure, and my parents didn't know why, and um, they couldn't figure out with like an MRI why, and I had an EKG. Yes. Uh, where they connected diodes to my head, but the rule was I had to stay up all night. I had to be up 24 hours. So my dad would stay up all night with me, and we watched Cartoon Network. Um, Wait till your father gets home. What's the big show? Wait till your father gets. Wait till your father gets. Wait till your father gets home. It's like the 70s precursor to The Simpsons and Family Guy. So it really was. And then, like at like six in the morning, like. Pirates of the Dark Water would come on like right before we leave. So maybe I was just delirious from no sleep, but I enjoyed it. Uh, and it had a great toy line. And like, I don't know, like 10 years ago, uh, it also had a Marvel comic tie-in like Hasbro Toys did. 10 years ago, I was at like a comic book show and I bought every issue for like a buck a piece. And I didn't even realize till just a few days ago when I was researching that, because I never read them. The last three are completely... Um, original stories so like the first six in the run are are adaptations of the first two series but the last three they kind of went rogue uh and they made their own story so i have to go back and read those uh but yeah uh, tim curry played a great role uh great voice overall in this pirates of the dark water series which the dark water refers to the oily venom-like uh substance in the water that was slowly taking over the alien planet and they had to collect 13 jewels or gems or treasures to stop it apparently so that's all we have to do is we collect 13 gems and we can like stop the ice caps back together one can only hope my friend here is your next tim curry pick is my transportation here out in front sir a limousine and a pizza, compliments of the Plaza Hotel. I do hope your father understands that last night I was simply checking the room to make sure everything was in order. Well, he was pretty mad. 
He was. He said he didn't come all the way to New York to get his naked rear end spied on. Of course not. Would he be down soon? He already left. Oh, I would have liked to have offered my personal apology. If some guy looked at you in the shower, would you ever want to see him again? I suppose not. I don't think you'll see him for the rest of our trip. I understand. Bye. Have a lovely day. Have a lovely day. It sounds like Bora out there. Pizza. Pizza. Like, yeah, like he's never heard of it before. <laughs> this, uh, my name is Hakomeho Melka. I've come from Romania to bring pizza to New York. Have a lovely day. Well, Romania is kind of close to, uh, where was Kazakh Kazakhstan? And he, yeah, he, he found the book in uh, Soviet Georgia. Well, yeah, Georgia is actually closer to Romania. Yeah. Uh, Thank Kazakhstan. This is this is Mr. Hector, uh, the concierge, which I don't even think he's credited as Mr. Hector. It's just on his nameplate, uh, like at the concierge desk. Um, oh, we're talking Home Alone too, by the way, in case you didn't pick up on that. Uh, and this is, I, I love this scene, but this follows what I think is. Tim Curry's best scene in the movie, but he doesn't say anything. So I didn't play the clip, clearly. Um, and it's when he sneaks in the room because he's starting to get suspicious. And Kevin rigs he, up. Yeah, he's playing the whole shtick where in the in the original movie, he's got the Michael Jordan standee on the train yes. and the yeah. rocking around the Christmas tree. In this one, he does with like a dummy in the shower, right? Yeah, it's a, a, a inflatable clown. Inflatable uh, clown, yeah. Doll, like a like a pool toy, or like one of those little like sock, like a right punching bag kind of thing. Uh, and he's rigging it to dance. And he's playing with a t- playing. He recorded his uncle singing in the shower, previously in the film, and uh, he pulls that old uh, uh, Chekhov's gun out of his holster, and uh, <laughs> uses that at this point of uh, him singing in the shower and then it turns and he times it with his uncle screaming at Kevin when Kevin caught him and then he yells at Tim Curry's character who then goes uh, scattering out of the room. But it's the facial expressions that are just fantastic. And the the sad thing is there's not enough Tim Curry in this movie. He is, he he supports the role perfectly. Like he's there um, it, it feels like he's always there, mm-hmm. but I feel like there could have been more. You could have drawn us out. You, oh God, I would have loved to see more of this character because he is such a pompous ass. Uh, but and and but again, it's so many facial expressions. Uh, they also rehash the uh, um, uh, was it angels with uh, God? That, yeah, yeah, they do it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he so he does Keep the old the change, timey, you filthy animal. Yeah, old timey movie shtick, and he does the same thing, and but this time, Tim Curry he comes in uh, with his staff and some security, and all of a sudden they start talking about you know, you were here last night, you were smooching my brother, you were smooching, uh, uh, and he just goes down the list and he's like, and you were smooching Cliff, and it, it it's fucking great. There's an old man. Um, the only way I can explain it is 
He looks like uh, uh who does he look like? What the old guy? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think who he looks like. Just a very sweet old man in like a security guard outfit. All right. Uh, uh Carl Winslow. I'll think of something. No, no. Uh, hmm. All right, we'll circle back. Circle back. We'll circle back. Anyway, uh, the the look in Tim Curry's eyes as he's just kind of denying it, and then the look back and forth between Cliff and Tim Curry and the staff, and everything is unspoken, or he's trying to talk to him and getting cut off. Right. And. He never gets the upper hand in this movie until uh, he discovers the stolen credit card and then Kevin runs into Central Park. Um, but again, he physically sells it and the slaps he gets. Do you remember in the scenes where he gets slapped in the face yes. by Kevin's mom? It's so good. He sells it so well. And you know... Like, you could see, like, he just goes, just hit me. Because she smacks the shit out of him. And and he just just turns around and he just smiles and he takes it. Like someone that is a, a pompous ass of a concierge would do, who would be like, the, my job, I, I take so much of myself out of my job and the importance of it. That my dignity, my personal dignity, can just be thrown away, and I'll be slapped in the face. But because I take it and just smile, that's okay now. Mm-hmm. And you just want to slap him a third time, and you don't see it coming. Oh, and it's just, again, there's not enough audio that I could pull of him in this movie because so much of it is just visual. And just the the look on his face of just Kevin walking in and just the, the disdain of him. And he, he's... This might be one of his greatest villain roles ever. Because it, it's so subtle. But yet so realistic too. It's not... It, it, it's over the top, but it's not... It... it I, I think it's as human as a role. There are so many people like this. Mm-hmm. And he captured it perfectly. Yeah, yeah. That's true. He probably, you know, as a movie star, deals with concierge a lot. So, you know, it's a real-life casting. Yeah. Oh, very well. Yeah. Uh, so we're on to my last Tim Curry pick. And um, just so you know, we are roughly... Almost two hours. We have a two-hour show almost. Oops. No. I mean, fuck it. That's how we do it. Oh, okay. So... Well, like an hour of Tim Curry and now of us babbling about how or... Yeah. Uh, Mall Santas. The the last... It was at 20 minutes. The last oh, pick is a show that is very meaningful to me. And uh, uh, Tim Curry played a role, which was great. He played the villain. He was great at villain. This is um, Tim Curry and Duckman. 
good citizens of Coopville. There is serious work to do. This heretic, this devil, this duck man wants to subvert our way of life, fill our wholesome community with his big city disease and corruption. Well, we let him. No! I promise you this. I will act on your behalf, always obeying the will of that greatest power on earth, that most potent example of democracy in action, an unruly mob! Great fucking shit. So this is from the series Duckman that premiered on uh, March 5th, 1994. Oh, I feel so old right now. I know, but what I can blow your mind with is this was a Saturday night, and I mm-hmm. came home like I was so excited to watch. Like I, w- I like I was just pumped. There was this show and Weird Science, so I watched a lot of WWF wrestling on USA, and they advertise mm-hmm. Weird Science, which I love the movie and the show. And my God, um, Vanessa Angel was in the show, so there was no chance of me. <clears throat> missing it and Duckman premiered the same night i remember i was able my parents let me order my first ever like pan pizza from domino's oh so i had my own pizza and i was up this is like a big night for me and i remember watching in my bedroom and i was just i felt like so adult watching Duckman and weird <laughs> science and um tim curry played king chicken in this like the Made the main big bad uh, supervillain who always schemes to ruin Duckman's life. Um, and he's so good. He's so like villainous. And he doesn't even sound like the clip I just pay- played for you. He doesn't even sound like King Chicken. It is hard to. Uh... Yeah, he, he definitely takes on a different personality. Yeah, he, he's really good in. Uh... Uh, this this show is just so great. If you never watched Doc Man, look look up look up like episodes. Uh, it's just really a fucking clever and genius show. And same with like Weird Science, the TV show. There there was this was like Saturday nights for me in 1994. I was 12 years old. Again, I might have been walking around with my Amy doll, but this was <laughs> what made me feel more adult. Like being having my own shows, like adult shows. And uh, Duckman was voiced by George from Seinfeld, Jason Alexander. Uh, and uh, then, like, King Chicken, the big bad, being voiced by Tim Curry. There was just so many good voices and so much good storytelling. And even though there was only, I think, four seasons and I don't know how many episodes. Not many, because the first two seasons didn't have a lot. And then they started airing in uh, January. They picked up early. Uh, with more episodes, like 20 and some. So, like, the last two seasons had a lot of episodes. But, yeah, look up Duckman. Give it a watch. Tim Curry's fantastic. And that's all I've got to say on Tim Curry's career. Squeezer, should we go out with a bang? Um, yeah, this is a top five all-time favorite of the Rogers podcast. Here we go. Well, where is he? By now she was dead. We laid her down with our backs to the freezer. 
one of us slipped through the same secret passage. Again? Of course, back to the study. The murderer was in the secret passage. Meanwhile, Mr. Body oh. been on the floor. He jumped up. <laughs> the murderer came out of the secret panel, picked up the candlestick. <laughs> Mr. Body followed us out of the study into the hall looking for an escape. The murderer <laughs> crept up behind him and killed him. <laughs> Will you stop that? No. Nonchalantly rejoined us beside the cook's body in the kitchen. It took less than half a minute. So who wasn't there the entire time in the kitchen? Whoever it was is the murderer. <laughs> and we put the weapons in the cupboard, locked it, and ran to the front door. Ha-ha! <laughs> to throw away the key! A motorist! I didn't throw the key away. I put it in my pocket. And someone could have taken it out of my pocket and substituted another. We were all in a huddle. Any one of us could have done that. Precisely. Precisely. Ah, oh, God, I love that scene. That whole that whole ending part where he's running through and doing all that. It's so the editing, the timing of it, the delivery, everything is just on key and it's just perfect. Uh, and it sums up everything about the character. And in this one, where he has a smugness to him, no, there is a playfulness that goes with it. And I think that really kind of sums up like his whole character like it even like his long john silver he's a bad guy but he's got the charisma there there really is like you want to hang out with this guy um and it, um, well, unless he's like an fbi agent and you're a soviet spy but uh i love clue I, we, we've talked about this, how much we love this movie, right? Yes. Uh, and I was thinking about it. Like, there, there's actually, like, an eight-minute kind of YouTube with just only Tim Curry in Clue. And it made me realize, I, and everyone is great. Everyone in, like, again, Madeline Kahn just, I, I found, was is one of, like, my favorite characters, one of my favorite characters in the movie. They all are. Uh, but... Without Tim Curry in this role, because it really is a um, uh, what's that word? Uh, uh, all the characters help me out here. Uh, ensemble. You went to ensemble. You went to film school. Thank you. It really is an ensemble cast, but Tim Curry is the one as Wadsworth or you know, Mr. Body, depending on you know which ending you got. Um, really like whole is the glue he f- brings it all together yeah absolutely. He, he's he's your narrator um he drives the story he, he drives the story and everything does the camera the character everything centers around him and it just pulls everything together just perfectly and the way if you think about it yeah all the characters kind of interact with each other at one point or another, but he's interacting with all the ca- other characters at the same time constantly. And just like everyone's kind of turning to him. He is that spinning wheel on the speak and spell. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, just carrying it. And uh, he, he's not him... only playing host to the guests uh, in the mansion. He's playing host to us at home watching. Per uh, I couldn't have said it better myself. I couldn't have. So I'm glad you did it. Um, 
his his shtick with Michael McKeon, who played Mr. Green, mm-hmm. uh, is so good. Like the the slapping, he slapped it. Just again, the 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 physical comedy that he delivers is so subtle, and his looks and mannerisms. I started with him falling out of the freezer for a reason, because the way he just drops. Michael McKean catches him, he drops him again, and he lays there and hesitates just a bit. And I know, you know, you give it to the editors as well. But just his delivery, just laying flat on his back that starts this whole diatribe um, is just... It's something special that I don't know any other actor. I don't... You want to play like, oh, it's uh, fantasy casting, whatever... There's no one else I can even think of that could fill this role like he did. Yeah, I I think every every piece of casting in that uh, picture is just so spot on. Everybody was even Roseanne's boss as Colonel Mustard. <laughs> There's a funny story of uh, who's the woman who played Miss Scarlet? What's her name? Uh, Leslie Ann Warren. Leslie Ann Warren was dating John Peters at the time. Uh, he produced this movie, uh, and you could read all about him and how he took over the Sony uh, oh, studio. Oh, it's been a while. Oh, are you broke? And the, you need to get back? <laughs> in the great book, Hit and Run, how Peter Gruber and John Peters duped Sony and Hollywood as they ran the Sony uh, yeah, it's a great. It is a great book, and and they do talk about Clue and Leslie Ann Warren and him dating John Peters at the time. Uh, but yeah, uh, I did not know this movie till it's fifty times a day run on Comedy Central in the summers. I'm trying to think of the first time I came across it because I'm pretty sure I watched this before. Because you would think, like, your first time you and I, you know, our demographic, our age group, like, our first exposure to Tim Curry as a human face that we see might be Home Alone 2. It's 1992. Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, before that, he's either wearing makeup, uh, doing a voice... Or not in something that you and I would traditionally see, but I remember seeing him in Home Alone 2 and going, oh, I know that guy. So I saw Clue before I saw Home Alone 2. I remember renting it from uh, Blockbuster because I remember the artwork quite vividly. I was all about it. Home Alone and 2? Then, and then after I saw <laughs> no, it on TV, then I taped it off a, a TV. No, yeah. I, I remember the summer it played on... on uh, we watched, The first time we watched it was a rainy day. And once we realized it had it was associated with the board game, like we were sucked in and we became obsessed with it. And it, and Comedy Central aired it fucking over and over and over and over, and we were really into it. Oh, it's one of my favorites of all time, and it's the cast. It, it's it's so character driven, and it's so so much of the comedy is so subtle stuff that you don't notice. Uh. And that I appreciate and enjoy more and more. And it's those little things. And like I said, Madeline Kahn is... Her and Tim Curry are like my two absolute favorites in the show. And any time that they can interact with each other, uh, it just... 
those are my favorite scenes in the movie. Well, we did, we did right about two hours on Tim Curry. I know we can do it. I knew. Yeah, I mean, it was essential to. Uh, I mean, think about it. one guy, his work, like what it meant to us. Like so many films, so many little moments and stuff like that that you know you can quote or just you know draw from him. Right, and he was creepy, <laughs> as as we. Oh, with, and with all due respect, like, yeah. and I I would hope that he would uh, you know take that as a compliment. Yeah, right. Cause... Yeah, Tim, if you're listening, take it as a compliment. <laughs> We mean it as such, and, and and creepy in that charming kind of way. As like often I said, that, that, you say about that me, Long John Silver looked at just that giant grin. That it's just, it, it's terrifying. At the same time as being like reassuring. That's uh, couldn't have said it any better, Squeezer. And we've we've talked, we've said it all. Uh, in fact, we might have said too much about Tim Curry, but. We're glad you listen, and we'll be back next week with our trick-or-treat grab bag, talking everything retro Halloween that we haven't talked, probably rehashing shit we did talk about, because that's what we do, but you're going to hear more stupid stories from us, uh, probably a 40-minute preamble and me attempting bad impressions, and more Halloween stuff. Then the next week, before Thanksgiving, we're talking everything Simpsons, Squeezer. Are we really? We haven't had a full Simpsons episode ever. We've talked our favorite episodes, but we haven't just done a fucking everything simpsons that we love episode uh and then you know we're gonna eventually get to our thanksgiving and then some christmas episodes but we've got our whole winter planned out we've got until spring planned out why don't we just start christmas now ah it's it's right around the corner buddy i'll be here before you know it Um, just around the corner we're so close to selling out of all our hats it's from sesame street oh i didn't know that buddy uh if you want a teenage mutant ninja turtle pudding pie hat Get on radiers.com and order yours now. The turtle color is sold out. The the dark green has... We have one left. The gold, we have three left. The blue, we have five left. We're so close to selling out of all our turtle pie hats. So get on. And, and there order. aren't any smalls. So there's a good chance they're all going to sell out. Right. And uh, I've been shipping... I've been adding a, an exclusive radiers patch, Velcro patch with every order. So... You'll get a lot of cool uh, shit with your order because that's what we do at Rad Ears. Um, uh, we'll be back next week with more classic Halloween and retro material. But for now, I'm Arkay. I'm a squeezer. You guys have a good one. <laughs>